Moisture is a part of almost every shot. And so if your wedge, uh, the nice, I'm gonna, you know, if, if your wedge puts up a disappointing performance in wet conditions, if it is one of the losers on this list, yeah, man, that's a that's a non-starter for me to go. Hey, um, you know, I I really like this wedge, and if I play but, it, it's I'm gonna lose under certain on some conditions somewhere between twenty five and sixty five percent of my spin. No, thank you. No, yeah. uh, so that so no, thank two, you. Two questions for you, Tony. No, thank oh, you. No, thank you. All right, everybody. How you living? No putts given. Tony, Chris, we're back. We're diving in this week. Wed. What what episodes? Who cares? <laughs> I don't. I, I want to talk about wedges, Tony. You know, I want to talk about our wedges. When we upload this, like it asks me what season it is. Like, it is the season of now. We're going in depth on our wedge test, all the stuff we couldn't fit into an article uh, online because one, because word, words, words, man. We're words. going in depth behind the scenes, asking questions about the wedge test. Tony, let's start with this one. Who won? Who were the big winners this yeah. year? Brief so, recap. Give me a brief recap. Yeah, you're the big winner, and this is nice. I'm you know, shooting this at my desk and might keep doing it this way and decorate some walls around here, figure something out. But it's nice to have things right in front of me. Just but give anyway, me the damn answer. Yeah, <laughs> so we have a repeat winner. TaylorMade, the Mildrine 3, a.k.a. MG3, or Mug, um, the Mug 3. One for the second time in a well, I guess it's like the first time in a row, but for the second time, there two things are in a row. I'm sorry. Uh, so yeah, the grind one, the the most consistent wedge we found under again based on our consistency metrics, PXG 0311 forged. Maybe a little bit of a surprise, too much of a surprise if you're paying attention. Uh, milled grind. MG3 again was was tops for our spin metrics, number one under our accuracy metrics. I mean, just a solid all around wedge. It's it's crazy because you know it's it's not a wedge. I don't think anybody talks about tailor made wedges a ton. Certainly no. not a market share leader. Uh, creeping up. Yeah, it kind of depends where you are in the world. Creeping up, um, but certainly. You know, not not among the absolute leaders right now. I mean, let's start with the winners, and then we are going to get to the losers because that's why we test, because there are winners and losers, believe it or not. Yeah, it's so, unfortunate, but it is. So, TaylorMade, PXG, and Ping, all for different reasons. TaylorMade, it wasn't that long ago, Tony, you and I were talking about this, that, like, we felt of the major OEMs, major manufacturers out there, that TaylorMade was, you know, lacking identity in the wedge category it was bouncing around we had we had face inserts that you could pull off and replace and that was a very good idea for a very (laughs) narrow audience yeah and you know it just seemed like it 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 lacks a clear focus or direction fair to say at this point that's totally changed you think like mg3 is now like firmly i mean like you said one twice in a row which is Again, we'll talk about some of the losers here who they beat, but good heavens. Is this the dawn of a new tailor made wedge era? I mean, I don't I don't know what the identity is in the marketplace and, and how long it takes really to establish an identity in the marketplace. But I mean, for us at this point, we're like, yeah, it's just a really good wedge. It just keeps keep again, you know, two X winner, which is something we don't see a ton. Very, I mean, 
identical performance, statistically speaking, to last year. Just the same thing. We saw it again. So, I mean, that's, if you're going to pick an identity, performance is a pretty good place to start. I mean, there's stuff I nitpick, right? I'd like to see more grinds. I, I want to see more grinds from everybody, even Vokian. Like, come on, give us that T-grind. Put that on the retail oh, market for everybody. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm <laughs> Tony's talking about grinds again. Here we go. Yeah, but, you want more grinds and I want more hibachi girls by my house. So great. Yeah, we all want things. And so there are little things like that, but those type of things in the wedge category, especially are going to follow the market share. So until the share is there, they're not going to you know, significantly increase the grind options. Low, mid, high, sure. the, the TW grind is... You know, if you haven't seen it, check that out. That's one that if you if you're looking for something that sits low to the ground, that who's T that much? Why does he yeah, have a TW guy? Tom 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 Watson. Tom Watson could be could, could be, be the Tom probably Watson. not. Might be Tiger Woods. Just gonna throw it out there as a maybe. <laughs> but could, I mean, this is this is big for TaylorMade, right? Like I said, we two years in a row. I can't, I guess, overstate how impressive that is in. In one regard, because you have companies historically, right, that have, do I mean, still do dominate at retail. And I'm talking Vokey, Titleist, right? We're talking Callaway, Jaws, um, Cleveland, Cleveland, still. Yeah. Hello. Whether, I mean, it kind of depends, right? What's your, if your metric is units sold, it's Cleveland. If your metric is volume. Dollar share. Dollar, excuse me, right? Dollar, it's, it's going to be Callaway, I believe, in the wedge category. Behind Vokey, both of them, but. Mm -hmm. it's, yeah, um, TaylorMade just doesn't get that same type of consideration. At, Does this change at the that? Do you think? Does this help them, or it doesn't hurt? It's going to raise awareness. It's it's again, it's one of those things that sort of like, hey, as long as I'm checking out wedges, I should probably check this one out. See if mm -hmm. I like it. Whatever it happens to be, add it to the the demo list, the fitting list, whatever you want to call it. So, yeah, yeah, I mean, good for TaylorMade. I continue to be sort of impressed by by what they're doing. And it's it's almost under the radar because I think most of the traditionally, historically, TaylorMade is is a driver first category, I think. Or, yeah, they're metal that, woods first. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's still true. But if you look kind of what's happened with the iron out with the P series is you know, it performs well, I think, and it it certainly looks really good. Like it, it looks the part of a serious golf club. Where back in the day, it was like, all right, let's you know, let's put in slots and paint it red and do all of this stuff. And you know, now they're painting the drivers red. But that's uh, let's put them in lockers and send them to people. Yeah, well, that was that was <laughs> that was years ago. Um, and and the wedge, the wedge is still kind of like this under the radar thing for. Them. All right, everybody's favorite. Lightning Rod PXG did exceptionally well this year, which some people are, frankly, they're going to hate to hear that because they want to be of a position that, you know, Cal, if we can at least, you know, I can, I can hate the commercials. I don't like this or I don't like that or whatever, but now you can't bag on performance. In, in, no, it's in so, you know, I'm like third and fourth so, overall. Which makes sense, right? They're gonna those wedges, the Sugar Daddy two and the and the three S Forge are, I believe, have the same grooves on them. Not that you know they're not gonna reinvent that wheel. So, right, it makes sense. Good wedges, and if this is the one where it's, I don't know how widespread. It, if there's still a lot of that PXG hater, the idea that everything they make is is sort of a step below everybody else. But I mean, it, it's sort of like, hey, how can a a design team 
that was responsible or at least partially responsible as part of a team who designed a lot of great stuff for Ping over the years. They have guys there that helped design some great stuff for Cobra, uh, as, as well as some, some other people they brought in and go, oh, well, how can those guys uh-huh. with a, what we're told is basically an unlimited budget come up with golf clubs that perform? It, it strikes me as odd that anyone would believe that they couldn't. Right. Yeah, you know, when we go back early on, maybe Gen 1, the stuff they thought was great, drivers were too spinny. That, that's happened to everybody at one time or another. I mean, we talked about it a couple right. of weeks ago, right? At one point, Titleist had drivers that were too spinny. So mm-hmm. these things happen. The stuff is good. The wedges, obviously, very good. Um, nothing to nitpick. Yeah, it's... And, and I like I like the sugar daddies when we got fit for them out. I loved them. I yeah. thought they were great. Yeah, good. So, and especially this yeah. is... The sugar daddy is an interesting one. It's price prohibitive. I think whatever it is for four ninety nine is still four ninety nine. It's they, yeah, it, it's them, a yeah. big ask. Um, obviously the the O three eleven is going to be significantly less than that. But right. if you're looking for a little bit of a larger footprint in a wedge, and I'm not saying it's an oversized giant thing, but you know I compared it to my Vokies naturally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. This is this is a little bit bigger. The head is just a little bit bigger. So if, if that's something you're looking for, like that, that bigger footprint in a wedge, that could be an option there. Well, and, and the reality is, I mean, we talk about it price all the time and no matter what, people will still harp on it. But for a lot of people, for the people, well, let's say this, for the people that are paying $500 a wedge or $400 a wedge, whatever the case is, guess what? They don't Move care. Flash. Yeah. They don't care. Yeah. They don't care if it's 1200 or 1500 they might be buying two or three sets a year. They don't care. If you do care, Tony, trivia question, does more expensive gear prohibit a company from selling or a market from distributing lower price gear? So what are you asking me is if, if PXG is selling a wedge for $500, does that mean that nobody else is allowed to sell one for less? Is that the question? That's the question. Because I think- No, that, no, no. Companies are, are free to to sell clubs for less money than that. And and what you'll find is that in every case where you have a premium price product, there are lots and lots of lower priced alternatives available. So sometimes people we like the same to say, line. higher, higher, higher priced products do not preclude the existence of lower priced ones. So something for everybody. And sometimes in the same line, PXG mill grind, like I said, then you have the 0311 forge, same line, like I said, same grooves. Obviously, very, very similar performance. Functionally, we saw this with PXG and the drivers, too, and the 0211 driver outperformed for us in our tests, I believe. The flagship at that point was a Gen 4 drivers, perhaps, and mm-hmm. it was a much lower price point product. At one point, they even dropped it like down around $200 oh, yeah. or something like that. So, silly, silly. I'm actually, I, like, I, I'm double checking the price on this stuff now because why? Yeah. I haven't looked in a while and, and PXG with the way they, they tend to do things. If you blink, you know, things will be wildly different. So Sugar Daddy 449. Okay. And the, the triple forged is one, 160. So yes, yeah, yeah, so maybe, maybe same. a tick, tick below the market leaders, but certainly in that, in that ballpark. Yeah. So point being options are out there, whether you're looking for something that's at a market average that call it 150 to 200 ahead or if yeah, that's fair range yeah if you're looking at you know if you're willing to spend 12 uh, yeah 500 450 
yeah, you're willing to spend the 1200 or 1500 for a set of wedges because you want to know what that's like, knock yourself out. It's, <laughs> it's out there. And like we said, people are spending $1,500 on, on a set of wedges, whatever. It's, it's like I have new wedges, only I'm poorer than I used to be. <laughs> that's what it's <laughs> exactly. like. All right. Last one in the winner category here, ping. ping How yeah. the hell, Tony? Ooh, it, I knew this was coming. <laughs> this is sorcery. I don't understand it. Hundred percent. It doesn't make sense. You add water, so we have our dry test. So we hit balls are you know they're dry. Everything's dry. Then you add water because what happens historically is you add water. Launch angle goes up, spin rate goes down sometimes significantly, and you're hitting kind of knuckle balls out there, right? That don't uh, or can't hold firm greens, etc. Because they have less spin. Ping through some sort of Harry Potter wizardry stuff. We add water and they add spin. If you really want to get super technical, we saw an increase um, from going from the dry spin condition to the wet spin on a 50 yard shot. We saw an increase of 2.7187%. So, yes. We did see a bit more spin by the numbers. 63, 94 and change was the dry average. The wet average, 65, 68, and just a little okay. bit change still. So, so that there defies, you go. That defies common logic. We're not seeing that for it any other. It defies logic, but not physics. Okay. So, but we're not seeing that, to clarify, we're not seeing that from any other wedge company right now, right? That was the only one. No, and at some right? point, I'm guessing, yes, it was. There was other others that were close, and, and you could argue. So the Sugar Daddy, for example, um, we saw, or excuse me, with the, yeah, with the Sugar Daddy, we saw a wet spin differential of basically 3.2%. It went down 3%. Right, but this, for us, this is a measure of consistency. Like, sure. spinning more when you're wet isn't, like, if you spun, if we look at some of the, the worst clubs in our test, for example. So if that ping had lost yep. 60 or had gained 65% spin wet, like a massive jump, if we'd saw that, That'd be terrible. that's bad. Cause That'd you be just, terrible. you yeah. are inconsistent. So I would mm -hmm. say from our data, what we saw is the, the PXG similarly consistent, the milled grind 5 5.5, 5.58, 5.58% ballpark. So a little less consistent, but still really good. But yeah, the ping is a standout. And what's notable, as you asked, it is the only one for which we actually saw more spin in a 50-yard wet condition. And that's the teaser. I'm, I'm trying to tease why we might see more spin. Yeah. 50-yard wet condition. It's the only one in the test where we, we saw an increase there. Okay. So why or how? Explain this to me as though I'm a second grader. How does that happen when everybody and everything that I understand about wedges, wedge design would tell me you introduce water like on a tire on cars, right? And generally speaking, when you introduce water on a road, like your braking distance would increase, right? It would take me longer to come to a complete stop. Now this is basically saying I'm in a driving rainstorm and now my tires will actually get more grip on the road and will stop faster. And there probably is, a, that, as you mentioned, that, there is, there's actually probably a scenario in which that is technically true. So to be clear, this, is, this isn't the first time this happened. We saw exactly the same result last year. And 
I don't know how, to what extent people understand where I fit in the testing process, but I'm, I'm up here in Saratoga Springs, New York. All the testing happens in Virginia. We have policies, procedures, right? The, the way we test, we protocols, if you will. that's the word we, so we have these protocols, the guys at the test facility, follow the protocols, and then they ship the data up to me and I kind of run it through our crunching stuff and, and send it back. And so last year, and, and I say last year, cause kind of gives you an overview of how we got here and answered your question. So last year we did this and I looked at that and I had the same reaction. So to clarify again, last year I looked at the data and saw that on our 50 yard shot, the ping, which I believe was the glide 3.0 at the time, spun more in a wet condition. And I said, much as you said, much as, you know, one of the first guys who commented on that this year said, this does not make sense to me. <laughs> Check your data. Yeah. What did you do wrong? You're obviously wrong. And so last year I looked at that and I said, what the hell did we do? We're obviously wrong here. <laughs> and so right. I, I called up Philip and I was like, Hey man, um, any chance that <laughs> screw some things up here, like that we cross these over and you added, should have subtracted what, right. Yeah. You know, forgot to multiply by pi, whatever it is, right. however right. you get there. So I had Philip double check and he's like, no, man, that's right. And I said, okay. And then I went back and I looked at some of the stuff on my own and I'm like, this, this is right. This is absolutely right. There's just no way again in our protocols that we would sort of all of a sudden just test swap the conditions of one club. It just, you know, the protocols really don't allow for that, so to speak. Right. So, so this so data the, had to be right. So you're the, sitting the there going, that yeah. was right. And so I'm like, all right, how does this, how does this make sense? Mm -hmm. So I, uh, you know, fired off a message to Paul Wood who we had on a few weeks Solar ago. Solar players. Right? Yep. Yeah. VP of R and D at ping and said, Hey man, <laughs> here's what we saw. WTF. <laughs> Pretty much. Mark. Right. As, <laughs> as much as anybody WTFs ping, I'm, right. I'm like, hey, man, like, I got this thing that we see. And not only do I see it in the data, but I actually went back and checked. We did 20 testers. I went back and I want to say it was for 15 or 16 of the 20 testers saw more spin in the wet condition. So I took that to Paul and I was like, hey, man, WTF. <laughs> Does this make any sense? And he said, yeah. yes. Would you like me to step you through a presentation? <laughs> and so, you know, I, that night or the night after we hopped on a Zoom call. And so the explanation here, and I may butcher the finer points of this, but I'm going to, I'm going to do my best and maybe we'll have, we'll have Paul back on to step everybody through this because there's some crazy stuff in physics. And so what we're ultimately talking about is, I guess, what can be described as friction coefficient curves. So, you know, imagine the shape here and we'll start with in a dry condition. And that friction coefficient is really kind of what you get with a combination of ball speed and loft. So right. Those two factors create a, a spin rate. And so, you know, and you can think about it in simple terms of moving from like a five iron to a lob wedge in your back, right? Because you have high speed, low launch and progressively lower speed with higher launch. Mm -hmm. And that, that creates a curve where you kind of, in perfect impact scenarios, that's going to peak somewhere around a nine iron or a pitching wedge is, is generally where that happens. And then you start, so you're, you're climbing and then you get this point where it's, you start to drop down again. You with me so far? Totally with everybody you. else. So, Hey, ramping yep. up from like yep. a five iron and then yep. you get the nine iron wedge. You start to, you're right. Those, those coefficients. And specifically to, what's going down. 
as it's, we get to that nine iron that wedge. spin coefficient. So you could okay. argue like it's going to manifest as some type of spin rate. Is a good way to. That's a simple way to think about it. Okay. And so again, so that's your kind of your curve with a normal finish, right? And I'll call it hey, a standard average chrome plating. Yep. With hydropearl, the the coefficients and the and the resulting curves are a little bit a bit different. So if you kind of think going up like this, this yep. maybe is a little more rounded or whatever. I, I Paul's got the shapes in his presentation, but mm -hmm. there is a point where those kind of cross over very briefly kind of overlap. Okay. And it just so happens that that point of overlap happens right about at what for us is a 50 yard shot. Okay. And so we, we just happen to be through no planning, just pure accident. We happen to inadvertently stumble upon the part where these, these curves cross over briefly and slightly. And so, okay. yeah, it, it actually, with that in mind, it makes perfect sense. And then to build on that, if we were to test under probably just a slightly different scenario. So if instead of 50, we question. tested yep. it, say, say 35 and then jacked it up to 65, uh -huh. in either one of those conditions, the likely result is that you would see what people would expect. That is a slight decline in the wet conditions. But it, because we inadvertently kind of stumbled upon this point where the curve overlap, we end up in where we see just a tick, tick more spin. And this is, this again, this is exclusive to the, the curve created by the hydro pearl finish. Right. We stumbled upon this, that weird little spot where they this just kind of crisp. We are a little intersection. Yeah. Yeah. Now, what about this? What about if, so in our wedge testing, right? I mean, the thing that I always find interesting about wedges is you think about the clubs in your bag and we'll take driver out for right now, because for most people, no, driver no, doesn't. You do not get to take the driver out of my bag. I'm taking it out I'll because it. Damn it. it has no speed limit. If I can hit it okay. 10 yards further, that's great. Um, every other club in our bag kind of has a, a range, right? So if I hit, you know, my seven iron, it, it, it does something, you know, in general in a 10 to 12 yard range, that's the hope. But once you get down to say 140 yards and under, I have three, four clubs that I might need to hit 138 different distances, right? So like my, let's say a 56 degree wedge for me, I might need to hit that everything from a two yard bump and run to 110 yard full wedge shot. What would happen if we were to take, you know, with the ping, so we said that 50 yard area is kind of this weird you know, crossover curve area, whatever you want to call it. What happens if I go to kind of more of that three quarter or full swing, if you will, wedge distance of, you know, 80, 90, 100, 120, would we likely see some amount of spin degradation then at that point, yes. do you think? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And again, this is by some amount, I think it would probably still be the best in terms of preservation on the market, but you would not see you would not see spin increase in wet conditions throughout the back. Like it, like I said, we just, we just stumbled upon this, this sweet spot, this very narrow sort of range where you get that, again, that the curves meet and actually cross a hair mm -hmm. over. And so, you know, just by, just by moving the shot around probably 10 yards would be enough. Yep. Either direction. Yep. would see the expected result versus this little, this slight little increase. Um, so again, yeah, like I saw it, I was like, um, 
what did uh, we do wrong? Yeah. And when I, yeah. when I, when Philip said we did nothing wrong, and then I was like, uh, you know what? I can't trust this guy on this particular one because this <laughs> makes no sense. I went back through and I was like, yeah, Philip was right. We did nothing wrong. What the hell happened? Better call Paul. Better call Paul. See what we I found did a there? glitch yeah. in the matrix. We bent the time space continuum and we found something bizarre. And, yeah. uh, but so winners again, obviously great year for Taylor made great year for PXG and, and ping as well. A brief programming note as there's that really a programming note. I just wanted to get your attention, Tony. People asked a question interlude here before we move to the losers question. How can we didn't test 14 golf? How can we didn't test some of these Japanese companies that Chris loves? so much you have my area you got epon wedges you have uh like you said 14 we did test protos well you said did 14. Test I, didn't 14. I know but well you know like i don't know why you're teasing me with this because you are you're our guy for the the well, JPM, I have an japanese domestic market what if what if juicy like what if i took the square root of juicy and mm-hmm. multiplied it by pi Mm-hmm. What number would I add up? What would that work out to? 14. It would be close. Okay. Because here's why. So little tidbit for you people out there. Yes, we want to do more testing specifically with irons and wedges and, and really metal woods too, as we develop things specific to Japanese, uh, again, Japanese market equipment that's trying to work in the U.S. Some with some success, some more than others. But um, I mentioned, uh, you know, we talked about Lydia Ko. She's playing Proto Concept Irons. Um, I don't know that she's bagging any of the wedges just yet. I'm not 100% sure, but. Do you know what golf ball Lydia plays? I don't. Pro V1X. Left dash. Does she? Uh Of course she does. She's smart. Proto concept. We'll get to them later. You would think that though, right? Everybody's like, oh, it's just for high speed golfers. Yeah. Seems to work okay for her. Get fit, people. Get fit. There you go. Juicy. And I, I'm pronouncing that with, in my very Colorado English dialect, Juicy, J-U-C-I-E. By the way, when I saw these in the test, again, because I don't, I don't necessarily always know exactly what's going to be in the test. When this came over, I'm like, TF is Juicy. Like, what do you find these? Yeah. We go to Walmart. Where does one find a Juicy Wedge? No. No, in fact, you'll pay north of $400-ish per wedge if you want expensive wedges. So do you go to Scottsdale for them? <laughs> yes, you do. That's where, that's where everything becomes more expensive in Scottsdale. But juicy. So uh, the gentleman who was the lead designer at 14 Golf, when we did test their wedges, and if I'm not mistaken, they performed very well. I believe one, right? 14 Each stuff. One year. 14 stuff done the story well. Exceptionally well. So it's motivated with the JDM brands I've never played. Thank you. The lead designer now that used to be at 14 now is Juicy. J-U-C-I-E is roughly translates as 14, I believe, in Japanese. The website, it's EX-Juicy, I think, or EX underscore, kind of like an ex-wife or an ex-girlfriend <laughs> like this is i'm x14 employee so, so a like, lot of it, a lot of thought went into this so like if you and i started a website because we became, became really disgruntled down the road and it was like x my golf's fire or something like uh <laughs> you know yeah that's so that's what it is so i i will not be surprised at all 
if we see juicy irons and wedges test really well down the road. This is kind of first first rollout of of some of their things. Well, yeah, uh, this is the the first juicy products we've tested. I think so. And if you want another kind of little interesting inside baseball tidbit, just for fun, look at the aesthetic on the Mill Grind Three Taylor made the one that won, and look at the aesthetic on both the TT and TH. So some, right when I got them, I noticed I'm like, hmm, look at this milling. They have done some milling. Uh huh. They have like, milled the grind. Yes, and and again, Tony, you and I have said that you know. Oh my God, look, these two irons look the same, blah, blah, blah. Like, get over it, people. There's only so many designs and who took this from whom and whatever. So I'm not saying anything like TaylorMade copied this or that or whatever. I'm just saying, very, very interesting when you look at the aesthetic of, look at some of the current 14 product, but look specifically at the current Juicy Wedges and the MG3 Wedges. And all I'm going to say is the Juicy design was out in the sphere of the world, from what I understand, first. So, just interesting. There's your tidbit, Tony. All right. That was our Japanese break. Would Let's you, get to the lead. Say that, would you, hold on. Would you say that was a bit of juicy information? Oh, Tony. Oh. Your dad show. <laughs> Tony, we test equipment because they're winners and losers. Other places don't because, frankly, it's, it's, it's I, risky, right? I don't <laughs> like the word loser. I want okay, to say. Tony, we're the losers. The lesser. No. I would say, what are the wedges for which we, we saw disappointment? <laughs> well, who lost around here? Because we're going to, you know, per, the ones that did really well, here's why, et cetera. But who took a step back? So what? I'm going More disappointment. You hard. look at it and say, man, the one that you I'm can surprised right in a bad mean, way. Yeah, you see stuff that the guys struggle to hit a little bit. But this is a case where I go back. And maybe it's just because it's where the results are most glaring. Mm -hmm. But when I look at those wet versus dry numbers, like you want yeah. to talk about separating your 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 winners from your your disappointing performers, losers. Uh, okay, <laughs> I mean whatever you call them, losers. That's <laughs> that's that's where the difference is made. So I said we talk. I mentioned ping, three percent difference. Taylor made, um, you know what did I say five and a half percent. Sugar uh -huh. Daddy, 3.2%. Voki. All except. Are you talking about Voki, who very quietly seems to have, in the course of at least two, over the last two generations, went to now sub 10%, which, you know, if I'm going to draw a line, I think if you can if you can keep 90% of your, your spin when wet, you're in a good place. Okay. So we're looking at the big OEMs and seeing sub 10% loss in spin. And then I go down the list of some of these smaller brands um, some of the stuff where I think if, if we're going to be, you know, if we're being honest with everybody watching this, a lot of the design work is being done by the factories overseas on the groove specs. They're probably not putting a lot of thought into this aspect of groove design, which is becoming more and more prominent, right? Just or Mizuno, right? Well, yeah, but we've seen like Mizuno, who we didn't test in this particular test, does excellent with spin retention now. Mm -hmm. And so we've seen this go from something that, that wasn't even on the radar for a lot of companies a few years ago to, to something that we've seen significant and quantifiable improvements in. And then I look down the list at some of these, these smaller brands. So let me, let me do a quick little sort on this. So I can Why don't you do a quick little sort on that? Because so if we start with, oh, we'll start with, so, and this is weird because one of the juicy wedges 
was was really good. Was that the JP or the TH one? That was the wedge. The the TH, okay. Yeah, but so but the other juicy wedge, and and maybe I don't know if this is a groove spec thing. If it's you know maybe a groove cutter on the wedge we got wasn't up to spec. That's something that sometimes happens too. But twenty five percent drop in spin. Yeah, uh, on the wet shot, sub 70, 28% drop on the wet shot. Tommy Armour, 29% drop on the wet shot. New yep. level, 34, almost 35% drop yep. on the wet shot. Argals, nice. So it's, it's cool that we test these little brands for sure. Yeah. What can you know, awareness, give people opportunities. That's it. You never know what you're going to find. Don't know. Well, in this case, we found a 60% drop in spin. Oh. Yeah, so that sucks. I mean, Ugh. and to to put numbers on it, it went from sixty nine thirty three. So you know, we'll we'll call that seven yep. to to twenty seven 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 four five. So you know, yeah, just under three. It's sixty percent drop in spin. That's a knuckleball. And finally, Haywood sixty. Yeah, I'm gonna round it up. Sixty six percent drop in spin. And there's no. All, all wet conditions are not the same, right? It's sure. not like, hey, I'm either dry or wet. There are variations of wet. I think you know, yeah. we're, we're probably test into what is a moderate to high degree of wet. But there is, certainly if you play in the morning, definitely right. this time of year for me in New York where, you know, you're sweeping dew until at least 10 a.m. If mm-hmm. you play in the morning, if you play in a little bit of rain, even if it's just a little bit of misty dribble, frizzle, excuse me. Uh, it is. Even even just grass, right? The the blades. I was gonna say they contain moisture. That's why there that, are grooves. So moisture is a part of almost every shot. And so if your wedge, uh, the nice, I'm you know, if, if your wedge puts up a disappointing performance in wet conditions, if it is one of the losers on this list, yeah, man, that's a that's a non-starter for me to go. Hey, um, you know, I I really like this wedge. And if I play but, it, it's, I'm going to lose under certain, on some conditions, somewhere between 25 and 65% of my spin. No, thank you. No. Yeah. So is that, so no, thank two, you. Two questions for you. Tony. No, thank but, you. No, thank you. Uh, the good you're saying you, if you had to draw a line from acceptable to boy, I'm starting to question it. If it's in the single digits. So if we're talking something that's retaining 90% or more. That it for you is like, hey, not a concern. This is this is pretty I'm comfortable. I'm comfortable. It's not. It's not ideal. And I think <clears throat> if I was, if I if I played in wet conditions, well, zero would be ideal if it was zero. And everyone right? zero would be good. If it's you know maybe Ping could just get instead of a, a crossover, let's just flatline <laughs> that curve. That's that's ideal. Overlap. That's what we want. Right. But yeah, for me, you know, I would say five percent and below is exceptional. Below ten percent is certainly I'm good with that. I'm good. What are you worried? What are you saying? No, thank you. Don't buy it. So, I mean, just looking at our data, right? The the Honma thirteen point two percent. That's kind of the fence. You know, okay. We really love the wedge, and that's you know we've had Honma wedges win before. Yeah, um, EW four, I think. Yeah. Really so cool. whatever it was. Yeah. That's kind of that's that for me is that's right on the tipping point. That's you know where the teeter totter is in in balance, but starting to sway. And okay. then by the time I get to this this juicy TT at twenty five percent, count me out. And yep, Haywood sixty six percent. No thanks. No chance. No thanks. Well, and and what that's evidence of, and I know I'm harping on the losers, if you will, but the the point disappointing are, are, performers disappointing performers. The point is. 
look how many great options there are in that sub 10% category. I mean, again, you have, go through them, TaylorMade, Ping, PXG, Titleist, Cleveland, Callaway. Cleveland, Callaway. And we, we didn't test the Mizunos this year um, <clears throat> on us maybe, but I'd expect they have, they have some new kind of stuff that's coming. But that's historically, they we, know, well. we know that is a sub 10% drop in spin with that one. So you have, and I mean, look, not for anything, but if you want to look at the list of that 10% and below and yep. the 25-ish percent and above, like what's the difference there? Big versus small, right? Yeah. I mean, like if you had a case where this, this is a case where I... It's it's tough for me to look at any of these these bargain brands and like I'm all for supporting the, the little guy. We we know sure. Jason over at Sub Seventy really well. We we yep. like Jason. I Eric at New Level. I, I like Eric Birch a ton. But I look at this some great stuff. This is this this a hard pass? No, thank you. Isn't it interesting that? And we'll move on here. But side note, like where we tend to see this big OEM versus little OEM separation, like easy for us to understand and explain metalwood stuff a lot where you have companies that are putting 35 40 50 million dollars already i mean you have billion dollar companies that are are, are putting a ton what did taylor may call it on on the the carbon face tech the, the 20 year journey how long was that journey yeah 20 year journey it was a long ever yes it was yeah we've seen in our testing sometimes that doesn't show up in as much in certain categories where you're, 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 you're trying to get you know, that much. And sometimes that much, mm -hmm. that much is always real. Right. But it is not discernible to the golfer. Yep. So iron tests, like where you see, again, mentioned sub 70 new level. You came a couple names where it's like, well, especially, especially when they're, they're do, you know, these are very often the classic designs, the blades, the smaller cavity backs, for the most part, mm -hmm. not the super high tech stuff. And from there, like, uh -huh. yeah, I mean, that, that but technology is well established. They can compete there. They can do, they can do really well there, for sure. But how many people would go, oh, yeah, when I think of separation between big and small, I'm going to wedges. You know, tech, massive tech separation in the wedges. I don't know that I would have thought that initially, and but it makes sense looking at the data, talking it through with you a little bit, thinking through the, the groove. I mean, there's a lot of faith at the factory, too. How often, how often is that cutting wheel replaced between wedges? I mean, you go... Do you go uh -huh. five wedges? Do you go 10 wedges? Do you go 25, 50 wedges before you replace that cutting wheel? So that's, yep. that becomes a luck of the draw thing. How tight are your tolerances? Can you maintain that groove radius? Again, cutting wheel, if you're not, you're not changing out those cutters, you're going to suffer. And then what have you done above and beyond the bare minimum creating a conforming groove to deal with the realities of, of the moisture problem? Different conditions, et cetera. So sure. I, I, I mean, to me, it's a fascinating one. I know you love wedges from the wedge rain part of it, particularly. I love the Japanese stuff. I'd love people to ask us questions, post some stuff below. But before we go, Tony, yeah, before we go, instead of mailbag today, Mail I want no story time. I want story time with Tony. And Tony, <laughs> did you play any golf? This <laughs> Man, I did. So I played golf this weekend, but I don't think. I had nearly the same experience that you did. So, so I was, I was you have two minutes on Saturday. the clock. Tell me right. stories, Tony. So I was supposed to play Saturday and it all fell apart. So I didn't. So I got everything, but my office is in pretty good shape. So most of the, most of the upstairs in the new house squared away. But anyway, so I played yesterday. Guys that I, I don't play with a lot in this, uh, 
one guy brings his buddy Zach, who's not a member, and he's he's like a, probably a 16 handicap, give or take, but he's really good driver of the golf ball. So I'll take you to number six at McGregor. You know it well. Guys, yep. if you if you want to follow along what I'm talking about, bring up the six hole on some sort of map at McGregor. It's uh, about 400 and, or sorry, 540 yard par five. Good par it, five. it doesn't look like much on a map, but it is mm-hmm. snaky tough because your landing arrow area is narrow and you can roll into knee deep heather. You can roll down a hill. So anyway, Zach hammers a big drive. Absolutely crushes it. He's up on the hill. But he rolls like he hits it far enough where he kind of ra- runs out of the nice landing area and it trickles yeah. down into the left side rock. But I'm thinking, all right, if, he, if the guy hits a fairway wood here, he's got a chance to get on. And for context, I've been I've been playing McGregor for like 14 years. Mm-hmm. I have been I have had a putter in my hand for my third shot three times. One conversion in 13 years. I you just guys don't most guys. Don't not only do they not have eagle opportunities, they don't even see eagle opportunities. Like nobody with them has got the putter in their hand. But yeah. he's down here and he's got it is a rare bird indeed. Very so good. he's got he's still got a good ways in, but I'm like, it's I don't know how well he hits a fairway wood, but if he catches one, he's got a shot. I look down, he's got his driver in his hand. <laughs> he's going driver, driver, not off the deck, driver out of the rough. On a slight like, downhill. Like on yeah. Well, yeah, he's downhill in in the rough. So he's got to kind of get it up over a hill and, and around and whatever. And I'm like, this guy's my partner. He's getting a stroke here. He's he, he's going to screw us. Like, this is not a good play. That's, he's going to make my, that's, He's going to make That's my one it. thought. That's my yeah. first thought. Yeah. The second thought is, I want to see this. This is going to be epic. And sure enough, he takes a whack at it. Somehow, he's playing a G400, maybe an LST. I don't know. So it's something I have an infinity for. So I'm already thinking, well, maybe there's a chance because that was <laughs> Back in the day, I right. love that right. thing. So it yeah. tested well. We didn't work. test it off the rough on a downhill live. Whatever. Yeah, we did not. Um, so he hits this crazy high draw, dead center. Dead center. And he sure enough. High draw. High draw. Yeah, from a downhill lie out of the rough with a driver. And we get up, and you know how, like, you get to the crest of the one hill, and you can yeah, kind of yeah. look down on the grate. And he's yeah. like, from up there, it looks like he's six foot. And I'm like, oh, he's, he's probably 20, 25 foot from the, past the flag. He's past the flag. And sure enough, we get up there. Right. He's middle of the green. It's kind of a front pin. He's got like a 25-foot putt. And he's standing over it. And I'm like, should I tell him? Because he's not a member. I'm like, should I tell him how quick this gets? No. Nope. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to keep my mouth shut. This is his. Like, I don't want to get in his head. One of the rare times Tony decided to keep his mouth shut. (laughs) Guy puts it right off the green. Like, oh, like just like, <laughs> like I'm like, like I'm, I'm sitting, I'm like <laughs> trying to suck it back, whatever I can. There's just no stopping it. Like, is there any way I can press to deploy the shoot on this thing? Uh, he's down. Like he's he's barely on the fringe. Uh huh. Takes the next one, maybe gets it halfway. Oh no! So now he's putting for par <laughs> after being on it too. And he misses the he misses the next one like by five foot, like just a couple feet to the left. So six six five, six the most five. impressive two shots I've ever seen on that hole, or at least certainly the most impressive second. And he walks off with a six. We lost the hole. Net five. We yeah. Six five lost to five four. And yeah. then and that's not even that's not even the end of my round. So Oh boy. All right. 
So again, and I'm, so we have member, fall member, member coming up this week. Oh, nice. Who's your partner? So I didn't have one. I'm like, there's oh, one of these things where I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to play because I got stuff to do. If something comes up. Uh, Are you, you know, out of see. friends, Tony? At the I really, oh, yeah, I fun really of. just. <laughs> yeah, I think it's probably because I, I tell people what I think of their golf ball <laughs> too often, maybe. It's like, well, what do you think of this? I'm like, it's shitty. Don't play it. Yeah. So uh, one of the guys I'm playing with, I know him a little bit, played with him a couple of times, but he's having a, a terrible round. He's, I don't know what his handicap is, but he's, he's going to shoot over a <laughs> hundred. It's just like, you're at the Good point app. where like, yeah, unless it's sort of like unless I finished birdie eagle birdie, like this is uh, we we have cleared the one hundred threshold. So he's playing, he's playing in the We're north of a hundred. Oh yeah, we have, yeah. Uh, no way to deploy the shoot on that either. No, so no. He's he's playing in the member member with my buddy Matt, and uh, like you can see, he's getting to the point of frustration. It's late in the round, it's just not what he wanted it to be. He's he's already lost twenty bucks to me, or at least fifteen at that point, and so. Mm -hmm. Like all of a sudden he just looks at me and was like, Hey, he's like, if I bail on the member member, can you play? Or can you play? He's like, it's like, it's like, I can't do this. I need to take two weeks off. I don't want to play. And I just looked at him and laughed and didn't think anything of it. We're walking to the last hole and I get a text from, from his partner. He's like, Hey man, can you play this weekend? <laughs> I was like, Oh my God, this dude just, just dropped his partner on the 17th hole the weekend before. So I was like, it's going to get me in trouble. Yeah, I can do that. So, hey, the, to go. the things we, we go through <laughs> and we've all, hey, we've all been there. We've all, I, I, uh, I just saw a guy's four putt for a six and then another dude just abandoned, just dropped his partner in the interest of his sanity, which I yeah, like, probably, hey man, I respectable. I need a break. I, this game is about to break me. I need a break. I got to step away for a minute. It takes a strong person uh to do that we've all uh we've all been there so shout out to what's his name chris chris mm, makes Taking sense a break. chris best of luck get back soon buddy we, and, and we, zach on one hell of a six and zach great six net five <laughs> uh appreciate appreciate uh, uh, i'm sure you guys have some stories like that or wedge questions find us out on the interwebs at golf spy t that's Tony at Golf Spy C. That is me. Until nice. next time, we out. No, thank you. Oh, God, that sucks. <laughs>